0: and welcome to the teacher bulletin everybody i'm your host jeff lambert october's guest is martha ban the director of technology and support for the office of education at the north american division a third generation adventist educator with more than 20 years in the classroom martha now helps lead smart technology integration across the entire adventist curriculum we sat down to talk about her experiences as an educator as well as their thoughts on where Adventist education is headed in the future. Let's switch over to our conversation now. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show. It is my pleasure to have Martha Ban join us today to have a conversation about Adventist education. And Martha and I, we go way back. We are both uh, natives of Massachusetts. We taught at the same school. Uh, I had the pleasure of having one of her kids in my class when I was in the classroom, and she's one of the hardest working people I know for Adventist education. So, Martha, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the Teacher Bulletin podcast.
1: My pleasure. You know Teacher Bulletin is near and dear to my heart.
0: Yes, you you were the director of Teacher Bulletin for, was it over a decade?
1: Probably so. I think there's um, at least 20, 25 years of blood in Teacher Bulletin. Um, And I mean that with all my heart in a good way.
0: And you're still a strong supporter today. You're here today doing this podcast. So, you know, it's it's great to be able to reconnect with you. So I guess to start off the conversation, Martha, you're still heavily involved in Adventist education. And for our listeners who may not have had the pleasure of meeting you, uh, could you give a little bit of your background in the field of education? What what job do you currently hold?
1: Sure, um, currently I'm Director of Technology and Support for North American Division Education. Um, that means I manage our reporting platform called Lovingly called Data Rollup from the division level. I support unions and conferences with data collection. I also manage our many education websites, and I'm pretty much involved in anything having to do with technology at the division level. Um, so that's that's what currently I'm. I'm involved in.
0: Now, you also have a background, a long background of being in the classroom as well, right? Can you talk a little bit about some of the time that you spent in the trenches as a teacher? Where, uh, what subject area did you teach? What grades did you cover?
1: Sure. So when I started, um, I was teaching in a one-room school. Um, My first year, I had 11 students in sixth grade. They mostly spoke Spanish. I did not. Um, We became a very good family. I'm still in touch with several of those kids. Uh, Anyone who teaches in a small school understands that really strong connection that you develop with um, students and families when you have them over a period of time. Um, I taught 26 years in the actual classroom. A good share of it was in one or two-room school. Um, The last part of my classroom time, I was teaching history and technology and homeroom for grades five through eight, and homeroom for fifth grade. So um, my master's is in curriculum and instruction. had no idea when I got that that I would be moving into the technology area, Um, but I sure am glad I did.
0: Now, are you a product of Adventist education yourself?
1: I absolutely am. Um, I have a sister who teaches, my sister, Randy, teaches English at Thunderbird Adventist Academy. My sister, Lauren, said she would never be a teacher. However, she is a fantastic cello teacher, Um, teaches actually many kids, Jeff at Browning SLA. Um, My father was principal of South Lancaster Academy as was my grandfather. Um, I have aunts and uncles who are in the education business. I pretty much bleed Adventist education.
0: And you know, it, it may seem apparent just from that background, you grew up, you know, around teachers, around educators. But um, was there a moment that you remember from your childhood of when you decided that you wanted to become an educator?
1: I think any memory going back, I always wanted to teach. I remember when I was in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade um, in Stoneham, Massachusetts, I worked out a plan with my teachers that if I got an A on the math test on Friday, I could spend the next week teaching, helping the first grade teacher um, teach reading. And so every other week I had an A in math and every other week I didn't. Um, But as long as I can remember, I just, I wanted to work with kids and be a teacher.
0: Now, you know, with that background in teaching and obviously just a, a lifelong love for it, there have to have been some lessons that you've learned along the way with students, with parents, with fellow teachers, with administrators. Is there any important lesson that jumps out at you that you feel that you could pass on to maybe a new teacher that's tuning into the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing to understand is that um, God is leading no matter what. Our world is made up of all kinds of people and no matter where you go, you have the same people. They just look differently. Um, But God puts us in the place of people's lives for a reason and he puts other people in our lives for a reason. And we don't often know about that um, until we look back. And so I think one of the things that I've learned is that we need to have a thick skin, um, have high standards. Sometimes we have to fight for those high standards when other people um, feel it's not worth it. Um, But, you know, take the high road, um, develop that thick skin and let God lead um, and just take it all to him in prayer.
0: You know, and on that note, that note too, Martha, I can completely identify with what you're talking about. I, I spent 12 years, you know, in a classroom and in an administrator's chair and you're right, You know. No matter where you go, it's the same type of people, and it's usually the same types of complaints, and you have to make a decision whether you want to uh, try and please everybody or to try and be the best uh, model that you can be for your students, and sometimes that means not doing the thing that is most popular.
1: That's right, and you've probably experienced this, Jeff, but one of the coolest things that I've experienced lately. Um, I do some of the processing for our curriculum logins for Encounter, and I processed a login for one of my students from <laughs> from fifth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, um, and that was just a really cool thing, you know, to have things come full circle and meet up with the students that we had who are now launching into their life as a teacher to make a difference for God's kids. And I think that's, you know, that's that's like the highlight. Of
0: things,
1: you know, seeing that happen.
0: There's no better feeling than that. I agree. We just had a moment. You know, my wife and I we moved to Florida two years ago, and um, she went to her first, um, you know, pre-week meetings down here in the Florida conference. And I'm there saying goodbye to her at the uh, the uh, you know the entryway to the conference there. And lo and behold, one of my former students uh, walks up and says, "Mr. Lambert, (laughs) what are you doing here?" And I said, "Oh, what are you doing here?" You know, and it turns. It turns out he had just graduated from college and he had just accepted a position in this conference uh, as an elementary teacher. And um, not only just to see your students continue to be involved in the church and to see them living happy adult lives, but also when some of them want to be involved in education too. That's such a great feeling. That's It is. It really is. And, you know, just to expand on one point that you made, Martha, I know for me, and maybe it's a personality thing, it took me a couple years to become comfortable with being able to, to say no to to a group of people, to a parent, to a student, to, to develop that thick skin that you said where you come to that decision that you want to be able to stand for a set of ideals, I guess, is mm-hmm. the best way to say that. Do you think that that's something that that younger educators that may be listening to have to give themselves time to develop,
1: I think they do because at the beginning, you really want to um you want to please people because you want to do well, you want to be think, thought of as as being a good teacher, and sometimes when you're first starting out, that gets mixed up in wanting to do what everyone wants you to do so that they're happy um but it's just like parenting um it's not a good idea to always make decisions just to make your child happy, because we know where that leads.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, very true.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's a hard it's a hard lesson sometimes that um, you have to to go for you know what's for the best for that student and and sticking to your goals and to what you feel is is true to what God is directing us to do, and it's not always the popular choice.
0: Sure. And so, you know, I just wanted to bring that point around because, it, you know, sometimes it isn't something that develops automatically and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, we, we have to be patient and give ourselves time to develop that skill. And like you said, God's in control. So we just have to place that trust. Yep. So, Martha, you are now in a position where, you know, you're working on the cutting edge in a lot of ways of things that are coming down the pipeline in terms of where the NAD is going and where education policy is going within our, our denomination and also, you know, I'm sure working with technology on a regular basis that you have to keep up with a lot of the new trends, a lot of the new products that are coming into the classrooms and becoming a regular part of our lives as teachers. Is there anything that you're just particularly excited about right now in the field of education?
1: Um, funny you should ask that You say that. We actually are coming off of uh, two really important Sessions that I've been involved in the first one um, a couple weeks ago was with our office of education with our VP for education Arnie Nielsen our Director for elementary Lisa Standish director for secondary Stephen Brawley and our director for early childhood Evelyn Sullivan and then Desiree Bryant who is our project manager we spent a couple days just um, taking a look at at our vision uh, the vision for North American division and our system and looking at current trends in education, looking at um, counsel from Ellen White, and where our schools, you know, the reason for our schools, why we even exist, um, and coming right from the heels of that was a similar meeting with the un- nine union directors. Um, we also, we shared our, our vision concept with them, asking for collaboration and, you know, some, some feedback. And that actually is rolling right into a couple days of meeting with our Journey to Excellence Committee, and so all of those wrapped in those three separate entities working together to collaborate for what we hope will be a renewed vision for Adventist education is is pretty exciting. And with that, what we've been been really working on is looking at at trends in education. You know. Um, Things come and go. For a while, it was all the focus was on coding, and you know how we need to make sure that our kids are learning how to code. And even we had kids coding in in first grade, second grade, third grade, and on up. Um, you know, they have the coding day. They they have a huge organization, girls who code, um, and then that moved right into the STEM and the um, the modules now in our schools with focusing on STEM. A lot of our schools have STEM fairs. Um, we, uh, actually are sponsoring women in STEM seminars, you know, the bottom line really though, is what we're finding. And it's not a new thing. It's just helping our kids to understand, um, how, how, how the real world functions and trying to give them the skills that they need. And, um, you know, just, just those skills that they need for real life experiences, we know that the jobs that are out there now are not going to be the jobs that are out there in 20 years. You know, that's, that's a given. Um, We've said that for years and we can see how things are changing. Um, So that's, that's some of the exciting things. Um, And that brings some concerns as well. Like, you know, you think about all the technology stuff going on. Well, so there's a study um, back in, 2016. Okay. So not too long ago, that was done, and I think it was in Australia, found that some people ages 18 to 30 actually have a bone growth near the base of the skull. And that's something new. And the theory is being that constantly tilting your head forward may be enough to result in bone growth. Wow. So there's that. There's a fact I know from um, hearing stories from some of my colleagues that teachers of kindergarten and pre K. Especially pre K, are having students come to school and they don't have really good fine motor skills. They're really good at swiping right or swiping left, Hmm. but they have not had the experience with picking things up, um, playing with actual toys, with Legos, with blocks, you know, any of that because they're so device focused.
0: Do you think that signals maybe a change in where we have to go as a denomination, you know, and as in? you know, as an education body at large where we have to we have to keep our finger on the pulse of research and what's changing because it changes so rapidly nowadays. Is that is that an attitude where you see us going towards as Absolutely. a denominational body?
1: Absolutely. And you add to that more and more research is is showing a higher rate, higher incidence in our children and our in our teenagers, especially with anxiety and depression. And a lot of the studies are connecting that to screen time. Um, and, and when I talk to a lot of friends my age um, about our children, it's, it's prevalent, very prevalent. Um, and so on the heels of that research, we're also seeing that um, some of the, the developers and you know, people, especially in the Silicon Valley and whatnot, are actually limiting screen time for their kids. And so they don't even, there's more and more high incidences of no devices for their children and just really, nope, you're going to play with blocks. You're going to go outside. You're going to do the Legos, the Lincoln Logs, um, because you're not going to have a device at this age. And with that said, some of what we've been talking about um, from the division level and the union level is really focusing more on outdoors. Um, Two years ago, we, the education team of NAD, sponsored a trip to Finland specifically to see what was going on over there with their outdoor education. Um, and that was fascinating. And that's what we'd like to see more integrated into our system here.
0: So we're seeing more of a focus on outdoor education. You said there's more of a, I think, keeping a, a very keen uh, frequently watchful eye on the effects of technology in the classroom, not necessarily shunning it, but using it in an educated and a smart manner with our
1: right. kids. Right. As an integrated tool, not a standalone component, and certainly with balance.
0: Sure, sure. And then you yeah. talked about the the concerns of making sure that we don't just go all in on using one specific technology or one specific initiative mm-hmm. because, I mean, adverse, excuse me, Adventist education at its heart, is really about teaching to the whole child.
1: That's right. That's right. And what we saw in Finland and Sweden was not, you know, when you think about outdoor ed here in the States, it's been more like, you know, senior survival or, you know, things like that out in the wilderness. Um, But outdoor ed really is just being in nature. In fact, a lot of the studies that Harvard Health is doing is finding that even looking at pictures of nature can help to increase a positive mood, can help your memory. That's just looking at pictures of nature.
0: Wow. You know, and we can be on the cutting edge of, of making that prevalent in education again, I think. So that's certainly exciting. And that kind of leads me into my next question, Martha, you know, there, there's a lot of concerns that we have to look at as educators in today's landscape, with overwhelming anxiety and depression for children, for overuse of electronic devices, that's causing a, a host of uh, delayed development issues with our with our students. You know, in the midst of all that, is there anything that really just gives you hope for the future? And working with our kids, or seeing what teachers are doing right now,
1: there is. Um, what we're seeing is that, especially in our system, you talked about teaching to the whole child. That's that's what we have. Um, we don't have our head in the sand. We're intentionally looking at our curriculum to see how to ensure that the focus is on the four C's, you know, critical thinking, communication, collaborative, collaboration, and creativity. And we're really looking at our journey to excellence vision and seeing where we are as a system, where we need to improve. So we're not staying status quo. You can see that with our new Bible curriculum with Encounter Bible. Um, mm-hmm. You can see um, we, we are looking toward big ideas, math, to see if that's where we want to go for our math curriculum. Um, We're being very intentional. And that's that's what's exciting to me. You know, looking at the schools around and seeing what they're doing with their students with service learning. um, We're not just textbook driven anymore. And that
0: is huge. Yes. And it's it's exciting to hear, and I know it's been this way for a while, you know, the seeing the NAD working together with the unions and the unions working together with the conferences all the way down to the school level to make informed decisions on where we're going, curriculum wise, policy wise, et cetera, et cetera. That's certainly exciting to think about. Now, Martha, I, I ask all of our guests on the show this because I think it's really important. You know, this is about community and trying to connect educators together so we can share our stories and find ways to be productive for our kids and for for our church to to really deliver the best in Adventist education. So you you are daily in education. Are there any books or websites or social media personalities, any professional development resources that you would recommend to other educators so they can continue to hone their skills?
1: I'm a really bad example on that because um, the job that I have pretty much leaves me no time to go outside of what I'm stuck. Well, I shouldn't say stuck, what I'm involved in doing. (laughs) And so what I'm trying to do is the book and I mentioned this to you earlier before we went online that I'm wanting to find time to read is called finding balance.
0: Hmm.
1: Adventist educators are not good at balance. Um, my father being principal for all of the life the years that I can remember. Um, we always said he could retire years early just on all the vacation time that he did not take. Hmm. And that's, I think Adventist educators, you know, that's, that's the problem that we have. We have a very hard time with balance. We we have high standards. We want to do the best for for our kids in the job that we're doing in our teaching area. And it leaves very little time. So I'm going to try and find time to read that book, Finding Balance. I even got the workbook to help make sure that I was doing what I needed to do. Um, so that's, that's a book, a recommendation. Um, but my inspiration really is coming from seeing how the educators in our 70-plus schools are sharing a personal fa- savior with our students while at the same time creating an environment of excellence in learning. Um, I'm responsible for the Adventist Education Facebook page. And I spend time, um, I try and spend time every week with just really looking through Facebook and finding our school posts and then reposting them on our Facebook page. And the things that are going on in our, in our schools are really incredible.
0: Well, I will make sure to post a link in the show notes to the Adventist Education Facebook page for anybody that isn't currently following it. And maybe after we finish the conversation, when we finish the show, I'd like to see if I can get the author's name from you for that book, and I'll include a, a link in the show notes for that um, a book you're reading as well, if anybody's interested. Sounds good. So, Martha, that brings me to kind of our all encompassing question, and you know, to to I think to educators, we're in the bubble, and it's a no brainer to us, but You know, we know that Adventist education is really important to the growth and sustainability and mission of our church. But, you know, I want to hear from you. You've been in the church your entire life, you've worked in education for a very long time. Why is Adventist education or why is education important to the mission of our church?
1: Well, you know, um, the kids are the future. And it all comes down to showing that personal savior to our students because they are the future of our church. Um, and I think that education in an Adventist school is important because you take a look at the world right now and all that's that's happening with politics out of the church, the politics in the church, and education in our Adventist school gives our kids an, an environment where they can speak safely, where they can explore the things going on in the world, and have somebody that will be there to help guide them, to help counsel them, and help them to try and make sense of what's going on in the world. We know that um, just by seeing what's going on, at the end of the time is soon. I mean, that's obvious. And our kids need to be able to have that place and be surrounded by Adventist teachers, ones that have similar values, um, so that they ha- can have those conversations. Um, you know, because if, if you take those conversations to a public school, you may or may not get the same kind of value-focused dis- discussion or help you be able to make sense of that. Um, the public sector is, is more humanistic rather than spiritual-focused, and so that's, that's why we need to provide an Adventist system for our kids. Um, Larry Blackmore was known for saying, you know, why, why do we have Adventist schools? And they say, well, because our kids want to, we want to have a Christian school for our, for our student. Well, okay, then send them to the Baptist school down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we have Adventist schools? Well, because we want our children to be in a place where they're surrounded by Adventist values, where they can be in that safe place to have those conversations, um, where the kids can make mistakes and be shown that redemptive discipline where they can see Christ through their teachers. So that's, that's what it's all about.
0: And Martha, I agree with everything you just said. And I know I'm going off a little, a little bit off script asking you this, but you've worked in schools big and small. I think sometimes we struggle to get that message across to our parents and to our communities and even in our own churches. Do you have any advice on how to, how to spread this type of message to get people on board with supporting Adventist education more fully?
1: yeah that's a big one. Um, lots of times their parents all they can see is the the bigger you know computer lab or the better chemistry lab, and there's', there's students who want to be doctors, and so they're going to um you know they want the best. But all that I've seen in in all the experiences that i've that I've had, and even with our own kids, um, you may not have the best computer lab, you may not have the best chemistry lab in your school. But when you have God on your side and you have, um, God inspired teachers, um, you know, he makes up for any other discrepancies, any, any other deficiencies. Um, and that, that's where it is. It's not about the money. You know, it's not about having the best and the, in the, the shiniest, but it's just having that, that spiritual centered organization where you are actually a center of influence for christ
0: amen amen martha well said on all points and you know i'd encourage all of our teachers and educators you know listening to this episode um pray for one another find ways that you can help each other out you know we we exist uh more strongly when we're there for each other and uh i know the nad obviously leads on that point and uh if we can all hold each other up God will continue to bless and do amazing things. Yep. Martha, you know, one last quick question before we end. Is there anything we can expect, anything new and exciting coming off the the printing press from the NAD that we can expect anytime soon? Any new features?
1: Well, um, actually we have a webinar coming up on October. uh, I want to say October 10, maybe it's that's a Tuesday. Um, No, I take it back. October 8th by the Adventist Learning Community. Which is, you know, and our our professional development arm, and your listeners, our listeners will want to tune in, tune into that, and I can give you the registration link for that. We'll say that the capacity is limited to 100 people, so um, you want to make sure you register and get in there. Um, but the Avenas Learning Community is a really growing module and organization for Avenas education. We are launching, or they are, School Connect, our Teacher Connect, rather, a place where teachers can network and really share ideas um, and projects. That will be coming the end of the year, first of next year. That's one thing. Another thing we just launched, Adventist Education, is a visual arts website. And if you go to adventisteducation.org and go under curriculum, you'll see visual arts or fine arts. And that website there, Visual Arts, is a link from the fine arts. We have put together all kinds of resources for the art teacher. And it includes an art gallery that has student artwork from different places across the division. And it also highlights different art careers featuring Adventist um, professionals. So that's, that's the latest thing that we've just rolled out. And I'd encourage you guys to take a look at that.
0: Thank you for that, Martha. I will make sure to include those in the show notes as well. I have a lot of links to include for this episode. That is a good thing. Martha, I just want to say thank you again for taking some time to come on the show and and speak to fellow educators, and we certainly uh, wish you all the best in the ministry that you're currently in, and have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Okay, thanks. You too.
0: And that's our episode, everybody. A special thanks to Martha for taking time to come on the show. The Teacher Bulletin Podcast is produced by the Education Office at the Atlantic Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, with funding and support from the North American Division. We are a proud member of the entire church's initiative to grow, support, and promote Adventist education across the entire globe. Our episode's music is provided by Joseph McDade. Hear more of his music at josephmcdade.com. And remember... Each month, I'll sit down with an educator or education influencer to discuss the past, present, and future of Adventist education. Thanks for tuning in, and may God bless you in the coming month in your classroom.